Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday. Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. And Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Called the Gateway to the South, High Levels history dates back to the indigenous who occupied the land for centuries, long before Europeans ever arrived. The Dene primarily lived on the land, but the Métis would slowly move into the area in the 1700s to take advantage of the rich land and bountiful resources. Due to the land of high level being on a height of land that separates the Peace and Hay Rivers, the location was used by the indigenous as a stopping place, while the rivers served as a form of highway through the area in order to trade with other indigenous groups. Due to the ample game in the area, it was a popular hunting ground for the indigenous, and over time, the abundance of furs led to fur traders arriving in the area as early as 1786 in order to acquire furs from the indigenous. The entire area is located in the Footner Lake Forest, which is currently the largest forest in Alberta. The indigenous and occasional traders would come through the area for the next two centuries, but it would be some time before High Level received its first influx of settlers. During those years, the area was known as Hay Meadow. On October 12, 2021, the town of High Level and the Dene Tha First Nation would sign a friendship agreement and are now involved in a First Nation Municipal Community Economic Development Initiative. This initiative will include three joint ventures, a waterline connection between High Level and the Bush River, a joint emergency plan for the communities, and a new multi-purpose facility. Homesteading would begin slowly in the 1910s and continue until the 1940s with little change in population and no real community springing up. A major reason for this was the remote location of the community. The development of a highway that ran from Fort Vermilion would become a major factor in the prosperity of the community and its eventual growth with oil and forestry. In 1955, a small one-room school was built in the community, and by 1963, 32 students were attending with one teacher. Soon enough, that school would not be large enough by any means. Once settlers arrived, a community would slowly start to grow. In 1957, the first power plant for the area was established, which is the first step for any community to forming a commercial centre for an area. 
One year later, a post office was built, creating an important link to the outside world. At this time, the community had a population of just under 40 people. Progress would continue when the Mackenzie Northern Railway was built to the area in 1963. Prior to the building of this railway, farmers in the area had to travel almost 300 kilometers to Grimshaw to send their grain out. One year later, High Level had 300 people living in the community, and by this point it had two service stations, three small cafes, outdoor plumbing, and a small general store. By the end of that year, the community was hooked into the Alberta government telephone system. Forestry proved to be a huge employer for High Level at this time. The Footner Lake Forest Division of High Level was established in 1964, and it invested nearly $1 million in facilities in the area for timber by 1967. The Swanson Lumber Company was producing 20 million board feet of lumber per year in High Level once the facilities were ready. Forestry continues to be an important part of the community, and the high-level sawmill has the largest stockpile of wood in the entire world. Due to the Footner Lake Forest being nearly 83,000 square kilometers, larger than the Czech Republic, it was estimated that 4 billion board feet of lumber could be harvested. In 1964, the $250,000 high-level hotel would open, making it the only hotel on the Mackenzie Highway between Manning and the border of the Northwest Territories. Due to being the only beer outlet in the town at the time, it would have the largest beer sales of any hotel in the entire province of Alberta. In 1965, Banff Oil Limited discovered oil at Rainbow Lake, just to the west of High Level, and that would spur on a massive amount of development for the community. On June 1, 1965, the new community of High Level was incorporated. In 1966 alone, 110 seismic crews were dispatched to High Level in order to find the huge oil fields in the area. By December 15, 1966, 16,000 miles of seismic line had been laid out and 4,000 men were employed in the process. The immense oil opportunities continue to this day in high level, with as much as $3.5 million per day in oil and gas royalties coming out of the region. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. In 1966, building permits amounted to $1.5 million in the community, a huge amount and equal to $12.1 million today. Before long, the community had a school, a power grid, two motels, a hotel, and a 75-unit trailer park, along with two airports and a modern sewer and water facilities. It also featured a barber shop, two banks, a two-sheet curling rink, and several new businesses. 
The airstrip was also dealing with 50 movements of aircraft a day, 1,500 a month operating charter flights through the province. Within two years, the community was seeing immense growth and reached 2,300 people by 1967. The high-level elevators were built, and it was expected that 7,000 grain permit books would be issued by 1977 in the community. One interesting fact about high-level is the fact that it has the most northerly grain elevator in Canada, which serves as the grain terminal for 350,000 cultivated acres of land. That area is larger than the Isle of Man, Singapore, and Bahrain put together. The long days and mild summer temperatures aid in a favorable growing season for the community. The area was called the last arable farmland in Alberta that had not been settled extensively by the 1940s. Even by the 1960s, it was estimated there were 4 million undeveloped arable acres around high level, an area larger than the Bahamas. As for that one-room school, by 1967, it was a 16-room school with 280 students and 12 teachers. Today, High Level is the most northern town in the entire province of Alberta, while also having the most northern agricultural region in the entire country. For anyone taking the trip from Edmonton to Yellowknife, which is a beautiful journey by the way, that far too few people take, High Level is almost exactly halfway between the two locations and a great stop along the way, which is the name of the history book for the community that was recently released. Sitting at a crossroads between Highway 35 and Highway 58, High Level is a great stopping place no matter where you're going through the area. The community continues to expand as well. A new grain elevator able to load 135 rail cars from its 32,000 metric tons of storage space was built, which replaced the old elevator that had far less storage space. The community is also at the forefront of the province when it comes to sustainability. Construction has begun on a new project that will create a state-of-the-art pellet plant that will reduce the carbon footprint of the Tolko Lumber Division in the community. And if you think you're going to go to high level and you're not going to get your venti americano, well, high level also recently added not only a Starbucks, but a Denny's as well. Perfect for a stop on a long drive while exploring the wonderful history of the area. Farmers markets are also held throughout the year, as well as the usual events around Remembrance Day, Halloween, and Canada Day. Every February, the annual Frostival is held, featuring ice and snow carvings, an ice carving workshop, shinny hockey games, fireworks, and much more. The entire event is free for the whole family. Other community events held in high level through the year include the Firefighters Ball in October, the RCMP Regimental Ball in November, and each summer high level puts on the High Level Agricultural Society Rodeo. The rodeo has actually been going on for 51 years, and the event includes a parade, demolition derby, horse pole, outdoor dance, and agricultural fair. In 2021, high level also hosted its first Truth and Reconciliation Day, the new federal holiday established to honour the Indigenous people that also remembers what happened to them and their culture through the residential school system of the 19th and 20th century. If you want to learn more about the history of High Level, you can visit the Mackenzie Crossing Museum and Visitor Centre. Located in a log building, the museum officially opened in 1911, and it features the history of the area from the Indigenous to the discovery of oil in the 1960s and beyond. The museum features a northern trading post exhibit, 1,600 food and medicine containers, as well as artifacts from the late 1800s and early 1900s. These items are showcased in a trading post general store setting with living quarters attached to it. There's also a fantastic photo display that shows the images of the people and things from the past of the community. As part of the museum, an annual exhibit is held each year that changes. In 2019, the Chuckhead Creek Wildfire was the focus of an exhibition. 
This fire burned 350,000 hectares of land, resulting in many evacuations in the area, while firefighters battled the flames. The fire, which was started by lightning on May 12, 2019, was declared under control on August 23, 2019. Next year, the museum will be working with local trappers and the Alberta Northwest Species at Risk Committee to put on an exhibit that highlights the wildlife in the area and the research that continues through the University of Alberta in the area of the many species that call high-level home. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the community of high-level. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Brianna Fultz, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks. I'll see you again next time.